Welcome to the Walk With Me podcast. I'm Pastor Stephen Vaughn from the Vine Church in Chapel Hill, Tennessee, and I'm excited that you are walking with me. What we do each day is we look at about three chapters of Scripture that I'm just organically reading through in my time with the Lord, and we're going to discuss them for around 20 minutes. You're going to get the most out of this if you read these chapters individually, but hopefully together we'll be able to hear the voice of the Lord as we're meeting each day. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. Today's passage comes from Proverbs 7, 8, and 9. And um, in Proverbs chapter 7, it says, My son, keep my words. And treasure up my commandments with you. Keep my commandments and live. Keep my teaching as the apple of your eye. The apple of your eye. Think about that, man. Prize is the prized possession. It's the thing that's nearest to your heart. There's nothing like it. There's nothing you want more than it. If you could lose, if you lost everything, as long as you don't lose this one thing, then you'll be just fine. That's what it says. It says, for, you know, this is a, Nothing more than a, than a collection of pieces of wisdom. And it's saying, from, from, from all of this wisdom that you're obtaining, make this wisdom the apple of your eye, the thing that you desire the most, the thing that you treasure the most. Okay, it says, bind them on your fingers and write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister, and call insight your intimate friend to keep you from the forbidden woman and from the adulteress with her smooth words. And that's powerful. That is powerful. Just this understanding of if you really, really, really prize wisdom. See, some people prize wisdom and some people despise wisdom. If you really prize wisdom, then it's going to keep you from sin. It's going to keep you from stumbling. It's going to keep you from put, being put into bad positions. You know, the, the book of Proverbs and the, and the special emphasis that it has on the adulterous woman, um, the promiscuous woman, this almost seems... I don't know, maybe a little bit uncharacteristic um, from the Bible to give such specific attention to one matter. A lot of times we go through so many different things, uh, one thing, a verse, and another thing, and another, you know, just going through a theme. And um, But I love the special attention that the book of Proverbs gives regarding the adulterous woman. And it's nothing against women, and it's really against adultery. It's really against sexual sin. It's really against immorality of flesh that involves lust, and it's because that is one part of our flesh that we have had the most, most people have had the most difficulty in controlling successfully, okay? And what I'm saying by that is that most people, and especially men, at some point in their life, can agree to the fact that they have been seduced by lust. They have been seduced by the adulterous woman. Okay, and so, um, you know, we're a little more watered down sometimes these days, but man, this is Solomon writing to his boy, and this is him talking to his son, and this is him saying, 
if you don't put wisdom around your neck, if it's not the apple of your eye, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't bind it around your fingers, then the adulterous woman is going to eat you for breakfast. She's going to tear you apart limb by limb. This wasn't against a person. This was against um, the seduction and the power of sin and how it could grab a hold uh, of a heart that was lacking in wisdom, right? And so, it's good advice. It's, we need, it's advice we need to teach our sons, especially in the day and age of pornography and all the things that are on social media that might as well be pornography. All these things that are... Uh, all the, What is this, folks? This is the sin of the adulterous woman. Thousands of years later, it, she's only become more aggressive in her attacks and, and uh, attempts to latch hold of men and young men and married men and and so, and women are attacked in, 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 in adultery and things as well, you know. And so, how do we fight it? By prizing wisdom and despising sin, keeping ourselves away from it, okay? And so it says, um, uh, for, the, for at the window of my house, I have looked out through my lattice, and I have seen among the simple, I have perceived among the youths, a young man lacking sense. Passing along the street near her corner, taking the road to her house in the twilight and the evening, at the time of night and darkness, and behold, the woman meets him, dressed as a prostitute, wily of heart. She is loud and wayward. Her feet do not stay at home. Now in the street, now in the market, and at every corner she lies in wait. She seizes him and kisses him, and with bold face she says to him, I had to offer sacrifice, and today I have paid my vows, so now I have come out to meet you. To seek you eagerly, and I have found you. I have spread my couch with coverings, colored linens from Egyptian linen. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love till morning. Let us delight ourselves with love, for my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He took a bag of money with him. At full moon, he will come home. With such seductive speech, she persuades him. With with her smooth talk, she compels him, and all at once he follows her, as an ox goes to the, thought, uh, to the slaughter, or as a stag is caught fast, till an arrow pierces its liver. As a bird rushes into a snare, he does not know that it will cost him his life. O oh, sons, listen to me and be attentive to the words of my heart, to the words of my mouth, and let not your heart turn aside to her ways, and do not stray into her paths, for many a victim she has laid low. And all her slain are a mighty throng. Her house is the way to Sheol, going down to the chambers of death. And that completes number chapter number seven. And you know, one of the things that it's a lot of, and that's that's a lot. And it's actually one piece of wisdom. That's why I read so much of it that I did. It's it's not multiple pieces of wisdom like a lot of times it is in the Proverbs. But this piece of wisdom is powerful, and it doesn't just pertain to adultery. I, I wanted to give special emphasis to that because I do believe we're so used to just kind of. Um, you know, we just kind of, we put all the, we lump all the sins together. And that's okay that we do that as often as we do. But sometimes you think you need to take special emphasis to certain sins. Okay. And uh, I think Solomon felt the need to do this to his son was saying to him, listen, this is going to happen to you, my son. There are going to be moments in your life where you're going to, tempt, uh, it's going to be an attempt on your uh, purity and onto your life to be seduced. And the way that you're going to resist it is you're not going to go anywhere near it. That's the, that's the best way to resist sin is to not get anywhere near sin. Okay. And um, one thing that I think we've lost a little bit in, in our faith is that we need to be running towards God 
as fast as we can. I mean, you know, and we preach that. That's the message that, that I've carried in ministry for a number of years. I, I just believe it passionately, passionately, is that we need to be running towards God as fast as we can. And we need to be running away from sin as fast as we can. Okay? Both. Both. I think what's happened over the years is we've, you know, some people run as fast away from sin as, some people run as fast away from sin as they can. And in your own strength, you can only run so fast away from sin before it still catches you anyway, right? Because your flesh is weak. But you need to be running away from it, meaning not getting near it, meaning avoiding the appearance of it, meaning, uh, you know, being selective in your company because bad company corrupts good morals. It means turning away from even the slight, don't even walk. If you have to walk, he was saying to his son here, listen, if you're going to the market, but you know that there is an adulterous woman's house along the way, go another way. See, we, would just, we, we just wouldn't even think to do that, but that's how passionate it was. You know, how do we put this into modern day? Delete Instagram. Well, that's where my friends are. Delete it. It's a trap. Don't watch these kind of movies. Turn them off. It's a trap. Don't listen to kind of this kind of music. Turn it off. It's a trap. And, it's, and, like, I, and I, like we've, we've talked about before, it's not about strength and weakness. It's about wisdom. Don't go near it. Don't go near it. And, and, and so we need to be running towards God as fast as we can. And we also need to be running away from sin as fast as we can. Meaning I don't want to get near it. I don't want to, you know, it, it, that's like my relationship with alcohol. And this isn't against anyone that drinks alcohol. But when the Lord spoke to me and really revealed to me that I, I was to be drunk in the spirit and not to be drunk of the flesh, not to be drunk in wine. Okay. When he showed me that he wanted me sober, to be of sober mind and not to drink. That, that's what he revealed to me, to me personally. I knew in that moment that not only did I need to refrain, but I needed to actually run away from, because it was wisdom to me to be obedient to God. And if God says no, then I don't get near what he said no to. I stay away from it. I don't go to bars. I don't keep alcohol in my home. I I don't put myself into positions like that. I don't try to have a drink. I don't try to tilt the line on what is, you know, buzzed and drunk and what is social and I don't do all that why because the Lord said no and to me what wisdom is, is to be obedient to what he said no to by staying as far away from it as I possibly can okay and for that reason I've I've the Lord has allowed me to not have a drink in in so many years you know I don't even know six seven I don't even six seven years you know because I don't get near it you know and um, I don't make a spectacle out of it, you know, I'm not knocking, you know, Michelob Ultra cans out of people's hands at a football game. <laughs> you know, you know, it's, it's not about other people. It's nothing to do with other people. It has to do with what's wise for me. And if you feel in your heart the Lord says no to something, you don't ever get near that thing again. Don't get near it. Okay? Do not get near it. And so... I think we've just lost that because we carry around a lot of false strength. We think we can get closer to sin than we can, but sin is very sticky and it can grab you and it wraps you up and just very quickly. And so we need to be people that run away from sin. We don't get near it. Um, chapter eight, does not wisdom call, does not understanding raise her voice on the heights beside the way at the crossroads, she takes her hand. She, she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town at the entrance of the portal, she cries aloud, to you, O men, I call and my cry is to the children of man. 
Okay, this is talking about wisdom. The she, all the the pronoun is just is just poetic, basically. So she is wisdom, and so it's saying is is wisdom not available, right? Is is it is it not is it not um, you know, do not look around this world and feel as though there's an invitation to know, to learn, to grow, to have wisdom, to possess wisdom. And then it says, "Oh, simple ones, learn prudence. Oh, fools, learn sense." Okay, the proverbs breaks down a couple of different things. There's the simple. There's um, the foolish, okay. Um, there's also the uh, uh, what's the other one? The uh, uh, oh, we, we're going to read about it in a second. If I don't remember it now, I'll grab it in a second. The scoffer. That's it. The scoffer. So you got the simple, um, the fool, the scoffer, and the wise. You know, these are the kind of the four portions of this, and it's basically basically what it is is it's different degrees of foolishness. Just so you know. So the the um, the least foolish fool is simple. Okay? Do you hear that? The least foolish fool is simple. Okay? So what that means is essentially he's naive. The simple is naive. The the simple is the one who swipes his debit card having no understanding of how much money is in the bank. Okay? That's that's simple. The foolish the fool, the foolish knows that he's got two hundred and fifty dollars in there, and that his electric bill is two hundred and twenty-eight dollars. But they got a great deal on a flat-screen TV for two hundred and nineteen dollars, and he does it anyway. That's foolish. You know what's wrong. You know what's right. You know what's wise, and you choose the you choose the alternative. Okay. Now, just as the simple is the least foolish fool, the scoffer is the most foolish fool. He's the arrogant fool. He's the one that boasts in his foolishness. Okay? I don't know if I can continue on with this same example. I may have backed myself into a corner, but I guess, uh, (laughs) no offense if I step on your toes. We're not talking about salvation, okay? When we start talking about wisdom, we're not talking about, well, you're saved, you're not saved. There's nothing to do with that. You can be a saved fool. There's (laughs) there's a whole lot of them out there, okay? You You can even be a saved scoffer, okay? You can be a saved simpleton. There's a lot of them out there, but you're going to step into a lot of deeper degrees of abundance if you will seek wisdom as the word commands you to. So what would a scoffer be? Let's think about this same example. I think I, I think I got something. So you got $250 in your bank account. I'm just applying it financially, but which is a good place for wisdom because the proverb speaks a ton about how to manage your money. But um, so let's say you got $250 in your bank account and um, your electric bill is coming up and it's $225. And you know that you can't afford that, or you know that you can't afford to uh, get a new TV, but there's a football game coming up, and um, actually you're going to get a new TV, you're going to get a new um, uh, entertainment center for the TV, you're going to get a whole new sectional, and you know, love seat, and coffee table, and all that stuff, and you're just going to finance all this, it's going to be about $4,000. And the uh, monthly payment here on out is going to be $225 a month. Now, you think about how you just got down to the end of the month and you had exactly enough to pay your electric bill. And you're going to go ahead and seal yourself up um, for the next, you know, 52 months at this payment of $225 so that you could have all that. Um, That is an arrogant fool. Uh, Okay, basically saying that you're, 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 uh, 
putting, you're backing yourself in such a corner that you have no plan on how to get out of. Uh, and so that's the most foolish fool. Uh, and the scoffer, it, and, and I, there's, there's probably a poor example. I'm just, I'm just giving you what I've got because I put myself in this example. And I, wanted to con- I wanted to continue it. But um, the scoffer is the arrogant fool. He's one who despises wisdom. Uh, he, he's one who, uh, when people even speak wisdom, he closes his ears, or he or she closes his ears because he thinks that he doesn't, he doesn't have any need for wisdom, but he's very foolish, okay? So just different degrees of this, okay? Now, those of us who are born again, I believe, are, should be seekers of wisdom. Okay, and uh, so it says, um, uh, oh, simple ones learn prudence. Pr- uh, prudence is self-discipline. That's what prudence is, the ability to control, control oneself, control one's mouth, control one's thoughts. Simple people kind of tossed to and fro, thrown all around, but they're kind of naive. Simple people are victims. They feel like they're victims a lot. Right, um, and they are. They just get thrown around, but it's it's because they're not. They don't. They don't seek wisdom. They don't necessarily seek to grow or gain anything out of their circumstances. Um, then it says, "Oh, fools, learn sense. Just have some sense, fools. You know better than this, and you don't do anything about it." Um, so it says, "I'm going to kind of jump around a little bit now." So it says, uh, "All the words of my righteous. There is nothing twisted or crooked in them. They are all straight to him who understands, and right to those who find knowledge. Take my instruction instead of silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than jewels, and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. I wisdom." dwell with prudence and I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance are the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. I have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight. I have strength. Okay, he's talking about wisdom and all this. So wise people, okay, fear the Lord and they hate evil. Wise people hate perverted speech. Wow. Okay, by me, kings reign and rulers decree what is just. By me, princes rule and nobles, all who govern justly. I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently. Find me. This is speaking of wisdom. Now, wisdom only comes from the Lord. So this is also regards to the Lord. But if you seek the Lord and you seek wisdom, that you'll find wisdom. Okay, riches and honors are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even fine gold, and my yield than choice silver. These are the benefits that come with wisdom. So when we seek wisdom, we obtain insight and knowledge and the ability to know what to do in difficult situations. But ultimately, it's going to produce a blessing on our life that's going to increase in every area of our life, every all of our relationships. It's going to increase in our finances. It's going to put us into positions that we wouldn't ordinarily be in. Wisdom is a very powerful thing. We should be people who passionately seek after uh, wisdom. Um, the Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work. And that's where the language gets a little confusing because you're kind of reading all this and it starts saying, you know, like, um, uh, and those who seek me diligently find me. And we've heard that before, right? We think about that in Jeremiah. You think, oh, me, uh, uh, me, they saw me the Lord. Uh, those who seek the Lord will find him. That's true. But we're talking about wisdom here. Those who seek wisdom will find wisdom because the Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, which is wisdom. Okay. Solomon's poetic. He's a, he's a, he's He's a chip off the old block, David, right? And so he's saying the Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, basically saying the Lord has made everything and done everything in his wisdom. The Lord is very wise. 
The Lord is very, he is wisdom. Okay. Uh, ages ago, I was set up at the first before the beginning of the earth. When, the, when there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water before the mountains, I had been shaped before the hills, I was brought forth. Before he made the earth with its fields or the first of the dust of the word, when he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit. So that the waters might not transgress his command. When he marked out the foundations of the earth, I was beside him like a master worksman. I, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the children of man. So this is what, this is what it's saying is we should be wise as he is wise. We shouldn't be complacent in our simpleness. We shouldn't be complacent in our, as being scoffers or being foolish. The Lord is wise in everything that the Lord has done. It has been done through wisdom. And that being said, we should be people who seek wisdom, right? So that we would know what to do in life and where to go and how to get there and what to say and how to have successful relationships. This is all through wisdom. We should be wise as he is wise, okay? And so it says, um, now sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways, hear instructions and be wise and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. Okay. And then in chapter nine, it begins to talk about the arrogant scoffer. And it talks again about the fear of the Lord being the beginning of wisdom. And it talks about the way of folly and folly is foolishness. And the foolishness is loud and it is seductive and it knows nothing. And foolishness attempts to draw us in. And the, and the foolishness grabs a hold of the simple. Okay? And uh, it says to, to, the, to the person, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there and her guests are in the depths of Sheol. Sin is foolish. Sin is always attempting to please um, the immediate self. And when you're always seeking to please the immediate self, it's foolish because it will always destroy the future self. Okay. There's no one who's ever done anything, uh, I believe, that was necessarily sinful that wasn't um, buying into the belief that it was going to satisfy something immediately, but it was going to destroy something ultimately. Okay. That describes bankruptcy. That describes adultery. That describes gluttony. That describes, you know, uh, uh, jealousy and gossip. And, and, you know, and so wisdom is to not be obsessed with satisfying the immediate self, but instead to ha- uh, have your eyesights set on what satisfies the Lord because I have the fear of the Lord. So I'm not really so concerned about what satisfies me right now, but what satisfies God, okay? And then uh, ultimately what satisfies God is what's going to satisfy me, maybe not right now, but will ultimately satisfy me in ways that I can't ask for, think, or fathom. Because wisdom puts me into places that foolishness and simpleness can never put me in. Okay, so I'm exhausting my time. This is a difficult challenge for me to get this much in in 20 minutes, but I just want to continue to extend the invitation for us to be people that are seeking after wisdom, praying for wisdom. James gives us a beautiful passage that says, if you feel like you lack wisdom, just ask for it, right? This is, you're not born cursed because you feel like, guys, I have been so foolish in my life. Everything I'm talking about today, I've done. I've been simple. I've been foolish. I have been a scoffer. Matter of fact, I think I was the scoffer for longer than I was the other two because I was, I was a person for so long who felt like no one could teach me anything. 
<laughs> it's a dangerous place to be. Okay, and so this isn't something you're born with. Uh, we've Americanized what wisdom is, and we think it's something that comes with age, and we think it's something that you're born with, and it's something that you get at college, and it's just not true, guys. Wisdom comes from the Lord, and step one is having fear of God. That's step one. Step two is seeking after wisdom and asking for it. Step three is running away from everything that's wicked and evil. Okay, and step four is clinging to the Word of God. And you know what? If you do those four things long enough... You will become wise as he is wise.